Good afternoon. You're listening to KFSK News for Friday, January 26th. I'm Hannah Floor. In 2023, Petersburg's economy got a boost from an unexpected source, film and TV crews. Three reality TV shows and one feature-length documentary were shot around the island. The sudden influx of crew members was a small windfall for many local retailers, charter companies, hotels and restaurants. But not everybody in the community is happy to see their backyard on TV. KFSK's Shelby Herbert has this story. The Tides Inn is one of just two hotels in Petersburg, and it's hosted almost every visiting film crew to pass through the town since the COVID-19 pandemic. The over 50-year-old inn is built into a steep hill just off the main drag and has a clear view of the ocean. When you walk in, it's tidy and warm inside. But with the departure of the cast and crew of Outlast and Port Protection, the lobby is pretty quiet. Hotel manager Holly Childs fondly remembers the crews that came and went this winter. You know, I've had regular hotel guests do more outrageous things than they do. More than anything else, Childs appreciates the crews for the lift they've given to the local economy, especially in the off-season, when the fishing boats have turned in and the tourists have trickled out. In the fall, when Childs would only expect to book the occasional traveling government employee or grade school sports team, Tides Inn was almost completely sold out. It means a lot to me like it does everybody else around here to get that little extra boost. To me, that's very much a positive. Can't imagine how being a bad thing to have business come to town, you know, especially that time of the year. So it was it's been really good to us. For now, many of the inn's rooms sit empty. Childs hopes more film crews will return in the new year. Business owners around town say the TV and film crews gave them a surprisingly profitable winter season. The U.S. Forest Service, which approved the necessary permits to film on federal land, estimates the crews flooded Petersburg with at least a million dollars. But it's a controversial issue in the community. The Forest Service allowed a film crew to take over a popular hunting spot during peak moose hunting season. Local subsistence hunter Lee Gilpin said Outlast set up camp in a spot that gets a lot of traffic from youth hunters due to its easy accessibility and safe terrain. If you're growing up in Petersburg and you had one season of your deer hunting that you couldn't get to during high school, it's a quarter of your uh, easy access hunting area gone. You know, a quarter of the time you can hunt there has been put away so somebody could make a few dollars. He's not the only one who feels that way. When the Forest Service opened a comment period for Outlast's special use permit, they were inundated with letters of concern about the project from people who use that land to hunt. This isn't the first time Petersburg residents have tangled with reality TV show crews who popped up in their backyards. In recent years, some locals opposed the Discovery series Alaskan Bush People, which they say cast the region in a negative light. But opinions vary even among Petersburg hunters. Some have personally chartered and guided for film crews that came to town this year. Clay Newcomb is a content creator for Meat Eater, a television and web series about hunting, fishing, and foraging across the United States. Newcomb and his crew came to Petersburg to shoot an episode about trapping wolves. He wasn't in town for long. Most of his crew's visit was spent deep in the wilderness, but he hired and featured a local hunting guide. And he stopped through town to resupply. Oh, I loved Petersburg. It was a beautiful little coastal town. We had breakfast there. 
And it was, uh, it was really cool. Went to the grocery store, went to the hardware store, ate lunch there. We're kind of buzzing around, you know. Newcomb may have only been in Petersburg for a short time, but local businesses appreciate the extra patronage and the exposure. Along with all the letters of concern, several people representing different businesses in town wrote in favor of letting more film crews set up shop. Scott Newman is one of them. He's a Petersburg hunting guide and pilot. He also sits on the borough assembly. He thinks the film crews are a good thing for Petersburg. Newman turned his own profit from film crew business this year. He piloted seaplane flights for Outlast in the fall, as well as for a Nat Geo documentary filmed in late summer. But he says a lot of other businesses in town benefited too. He says with falling fish prices and the sale of one of its two major seafood processing plants, the future is uncertain for the town's economy. Petersburg is a, a town that was uh, built by fish, basically, and, you know, we all see the, the winds of change on the horizon, and um, I think Petersburg is going to have to decide how they're going to navigate for the maximum benefit to the community. Now, he says, it's up to the town to decide its own future, whether that means trying to weather the storm of low dock prices or opening themselves up to a new type of customer. Either way, once all the media shot in Petersburg gets produced later this year, he's sure all the exposure will beckon new crews to town. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Petersburg School District has a new middle and high school special education teacher. Rosal Concepcion was hired this summer, but she says since she's from the Philippines, it took some time to get the necessary paperwork squared away in order to start her job in Alaska. She began teaching this month after the winter break. Concepcion sat down to talk with KFSK about discovering her passion for special education and her approach to teaching. And she talks about why she wanted to move all the way to Petersburg, Alaska. She says she has been stunned by the warm welcome she's received since she arrived. I was actually looking for a school that is completely different from the places I worked before. A place that is small with people who are concerned and uh, caring for each other. And then um, I saw the place, Petersburg. I said, okay, so what's in Petersburg? And then I checked, like, how many people live here? What are the things that you can find here? And then, I don't know, for some reason, I found it like, maybe that's a place for me. I want to start a whole new life here in Petersburg, wherein it's not going to be too many people. So I said, Petersburg might be the perfect place for me. So this is where I want to work, if given a chance to work here. And I'm very thankful that, you know, um, you know, Miss Erica, um, our superintendent, and also Miss Cindy Fry, the director of special ed, gave me a chance to work here. Tell me about working in special education. Why is that what you chose to teach? Well... I believe that I was born to teach um, students with special needs. When I was like six years old or seven years old, we had this neighbor of ours who couldn't speak. And I guess among her friends, I was the only one who could understand her. You know, uh, I didn't know anything about, you know, deaf and hard of hearing, but I was using my natural gestures, facial expression, and then my sign not really sign language, but something like um, to communicate with her. And she understand what I'm saying. So since then, I said to myself, oh, I want to communicate. 
with people who have needs like her. How do you know that you're succeeding with your students? Um, the goal of my student is for for them to communicate. You know, it could be uh, eating, um, it's either using verbally or probably sign language or using them some devices. I know that the goal is being met. If, for example, I can see that reflection to my students. Like, for example, I um, asked a simple question and then he was able to answer that question. Like, I don't have to repeat my question. It's just like... Um, I can see the reflection and then I will get the feedback from the parents that it's that the student is actually using that at home. It's not just in the school setting, at home and then in the community as well. Is communication the sort of central goal with your students always? Basically, yes. Mostly, uh, most of my students, that's the big, um, you know, that's the big concern for all of us. Um, because it's important for us, you know, that uh, they'll be able to communicate with us their needs, their wants, and simple greetings and goodbyes, and then be able to tell us what do they um, probably if they're asking for help. So that's the main goal of, um, you know, for our students at home, at school, and everywhere. Do you get feedback from parents? Do yes. Do you see the difference? Yes. The good thing here, um, you know, is that parents are, um, you know, they they actually um, ask you. That's a good, they're very proactive when it comes to the the education of their children, and I really like that. So far, I'm hearing good feedback that, um, like for example, um, one of my students, um, the parents said that uh, she taught him how to use sign language before. And then, you know, um, her son stopped because no one communicates with him using sign language. He saw me signing. It's automatic that he signed back to me. And I'm, I got so excited. I said, wow, I didn't know that this student know how to use sign language. And then I started signing with him. And so with my other students. So they responded positively. And then the parents said that they, they like that because they are. that's another way of communication. Again, the goal is for them to be able to communicate. That was Rosal Concepcion speaking with KFSK. Concepcion is the new special education teacher at Mitkoff Middle School and Petersburg High School. The Alaska House of Representatives removed Representative David Eastman from its Judiciary Committee in a near-unanimous vote this month. The move further marginalizes one of the House's most conservative Republicans. The removal came as the House's Committee on Committees approved a package of reassignments. House Speaker Kathy Tilton, a Wasilla Republican, says the timing simply made sense. Eastman, also a Republican from Wasilla, belongs to neither the Republican-led Majority Caucus nor the largely Democratic Minority Caucus. We had an opportunity to make adjustments on the committee on committee report, and that is a uh, majority seat, and there was a majority member that was interested in that seat, and that's, that's the long of the short. Tilton said the move was not a response to calls last week by Eastman to hold a joint session to override Governor Mike Dunleavy's vetoes. Eastman's tenure in the House has been marked by controversy. He's been censured by the House three times, most recently for asking in a committee meeting whether a child's death from abuse could save the government money. Eastman argued the question was rhetorical. 
Eastman was also kicked out of the House Minority Caucus and removed from committees in 2022. Tilton, who at that time was the minority leader, said Eastman had been disruptive. Eastman argued on the House floor that removing him from the committee would deprive his constituents of proper representation. For what reason uh, are the residents of Wasilla being punished in this report? I see if this report passes unamended that the citizens of Wasilla will be the only district in this House, frankly, or in the other body, that has a representative without a single committee to be their voice in our committee process. Eastman was replaced by Representative Jesse Sumner, a fellow Wasilla Republican. All 39 of his colleagues voted to remove him, leaving Eastman as the lone dissenting vote. The House Judiciary Committee seat was Eastman's only appointment to a standing committee. KFSK has an open airwaves policy. We encourage the public to express personal opinions, ideas, and creative works, which will be available on our website, kfsk.org, following the scheduled radio broadcast. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KFSK. The following commentary was submitted for broadcast by Sarah Essek. Hi, my name is Sarah Essek, and I'm the current exchange student of the Rotary Club from Hungary. The Petersburg Rotary Club would like to invite the community to our Gourmet Club social event at Anchor Properties on Monday, January 29th at 6 p.m. The theme of this month's dinner is Hungarian cuisine. Rotary invites attendees to pick out a Hungarian dish to cook and then bring it to the event to share it potluck style. For guests that do not bring a dish, a $5 donation will get you in the door. We hope the gourmet social will become a reoccurring with each month focusing on a different culture's cuisine. This is one of the pet projects of me. I hope I will see you there. The commentary you've just heard was submitted for broadcast by Sarah Essek. KFSK encourages the public opinion of personal, public expression of personal opinions, ideas, and creative works. Views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KFSK. For information, please call General Manager Tom Abbott at 907-772-3808. For KFSK, I'm Hannah Floor. Coming up next, we have local and marine weather, followed by birthdays and community announcements.